1: Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back to part one of your Saturday of your weekend rodeo, pushing back on the corrupt coordinated Democrat-controlled media machine. Part one tonight from five to eight with Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, which for our good friend Mike Boyle means has nothing to do with the time of day. It's simply time to get your head out of the mainstream media, out of the Denver Compost, out of the New York Slimes, out of any of the traditional news sources because you're getting fed so much propaganda, it's time to be done. And then, of course, part two rolls around on Sundays from 4 to 7 p.m. with Dr. Matt Dunn and historic Backbone Radio and really is a breath of fresh air compared to so much of the nonsense that we get fed day after day after day after day. And I've always loved to throw down the challenge anytime, anywhere, anybody that wants to debate elections, debate COVID, debate January 6th, you know, microphone, a TV camera, a podcast, a YouTube, a pad and paper. I don't care. Just so we set aside a good amount of time and we focus on A topic or two so we can really dig in so tired of platitudes if you were listening to the Mike Boyle show uh, the restaurant show you know I just got back from Wisconsin flew in from Milwaukee today a little bit of jet lag but I don't think it's from a two-hour flight I think it's from um, a, a week of late nights and early mornings and and meetings and the long night at the republican first republican presidential debate which was very very fascinating very very interesting and uh have some inside scoops to share with you just experiences things to sort of you know try and put you into the middle of it and we're definitely going to do that here very very shortly but i want to start with this
2: name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on name me one in all of our history not one.
1: Yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time playing that clip. That's going to become permanent on the board until the day that the left wing media, the radicals in charge of the Democrat Party or whomever it is, his own health, his own wife, perhaps take him out of the Oval Office. You know, they're going to do it. He may finish his term because they'd be scared to death to have Kamala Kamala in charge of this thing, cackling Kamala, but he will not be the nominee. He he can barely stand up. He can barely walk on sand. He can barely, uh, you know, go up the stairs to Air Force One, and he cannot answer in complete sentences or tell the truth. Now, that's nothing new for Joe Biden, but I want to start with the big one today.
2: Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one in all of our history. Not one.
1: Two years ago today, Biden failed America. Biden failed our military. Biden is responsible for the death of 13 American heroes who were killed in the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. We should never, ever forget their sacrifice, their service. And since today is the two-year anniversary of that horrific tragedy, I'd like us to share their names. Can you bring that down just a little bit? I always believe ladies first. And so we'll start with Marine Sergeant Johanny Rosario. I think it's Johanny, J-O-H-A-N-N-Y. Beautiful, tough-looking lady, Marine Sergeant, and another Marine Sergeant, Nicole Gee or G G E E, Marine Sergeant Nicole G, Marine Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui N I K O U I Nakui Nakau I think maybe Nakui, Navy Corpsman, Or, as Barack Obama would say, Navy Corpsman, Maxton Soviak, Marine Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, Marine Corporal Hunter Lopez. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Naus. I think it's a silent K, K N A U S S. Ryan Naus. Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola. Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover. Marine Humberto Sanchez. Marine Lance Corporal David Espinoza. And Marine Corporal Dagan Page. Perhaps the most obvious tragedy caused by the ineptitude of sleepy, creepy, child touching, daughter showering, commander in chief, liar in chief, plagiarist in chief, had to be thrown had to pull himself out of prior presidential elections because he couldn't tell the truth because he couldn't come up with his own material. And so inept. Well, Donald Trump set the deadline. When you hear that kind of a statement, just realize people are either spending too much time in, you know, factcheck.org from Facebook or the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost because they don't understand the difference. So easy to have handled the withdrawal from Afghanistan safely. It's always dangerous. But you don't give up your most strategic runway. You don't leave billions of dollars of equipment. You leave all of your forces in place until you have everyone out that you can, that you need, that you want, that you expected, including the allies who supported American troops in there for months, years, and more. They did everything in the worst possible way. And it cost the lives of these 13 American heroes whose names we just went through And that was just two years ago. And man, oh man, the Biden administration and the decisions that have been made at the border with the economy, with the Green New Deal, with energy prices, with draining our oil reserves, with shipping badly needed weaponry that we need with an ever escalating in strength China, shipping it to Ukraine, along with billions and billions and billions of dollars. Thank God. And we should thank Joe Biden personally. Joe, thank you for saving enough money to send the suffering families in Hawaii, 700 measly dollars. What an ass, what a horrible, horrible ass. As you know, and I imagine you watched the debate. If not, I'll tell you some of my thoughts about it. It was very fascinating to be there in Milwaukee as Republican National Committee man. Now that the Republican National Committee is in charge of these debates, we all got tickets and uh, great seats. I mean, we were right up in the front in the middle. I was, I think it was five or seven rows back. But the way the stage was set up, you were still pretty far away from the moderators and, um, and especially the candidates, and they were way up high. We were down low. It was like being in an orchestra pit. But you could see everything, you could hear everything, except when the people would rise up with cheers and jeers. But it was very fascinating to be at the very first, my very first, and the very first of this cycle, Republican presidential debate. In the run-up to that, I had gotten to spend some time—a private event that Vivek Ramaswamy had—the night before. The day after the debate, we had uh, Ron DeSantis for lunch, and he gave uh, the keynote speech at our luncheon. Uh, did a great job, by the way. Uh, DeSantis's energy is high. He, um, he he was hitting important points, bread and butter to Republicans of really of all stripes. Uh, no notes, no teleprompter. Was very impressed with his delivery. Of course, you know he's given this speech a thousand times by now, or variations of it. But he was there with his wife. It was uh, it was a pleasure to, um, and I've met him before. I'm shaking his hand and spoken with him. But it was just a pleasure to be close and you know be around these people that whether you support them or or not are sacrificing so much, so much to try and put themselves in a position to defeat whoever the Democrat nominee turns out to be once they remove Joe Biden, which you can see it coming. I mean, articles are popping up in all of the left wing rags, the Atlantic uh, uh, newspaper, New York Times, Washington Post, all start even, you know, our very own CBS And ABC and NBC starting to cover the Biden crime family with some specificity. It's pretty terrific. Way too late, of course. They covered for him in the run-up to the 2020 election. We we still have people who think that the 2020 election was legitimate, but don't seem to think there was any impact of the media squashing the Hunter Biden laptop, where I think, 17% 17% of voters polled in multiple polls after the truth started to come out said if they'd known that truth, they would not have voted for creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden. The FBI pulling the strings at Twitter, now known as X, and crushing conservative speech, conservative ideas, conservative campaigns, and of course, The Hunter Biden laptop, the sexual depravity, the drug depravity, the questionable behavior with his own relatives and his sister, his brother's wife, for God's sake, all of it squashed. That alone in an election lost in just the right places by about 44,000 votes would have swung the election all by itself. Forget about machine. Don't forget about machines. I'm not. Those days are coming. But you don't need the machines to understand what happened with COVID rules, unconstitutional methods and mechanisms and rules and regulations and all of it. We've been through it a thousand times before. But it's all starting now. It's all starting. And so you have to, I mean, I didn't appreciate Asa Hushinson. I just, why are you there? You're not going to accomplish anything. Maybe he believes that he'll find himself a way onto um, some kind of a position if anyone other than Donald Trump becomes the nominee and eventually wins the presidency. We all know why Chris Christie was there, because he's the Trump attack dog. By the way, he had one of the best lines of the entire debate. <laughs> he said, and this is a paraphrase, I don't have it, I didn't pull it up, I'm not going to play his clip, but um, it was something like, I've already had enough tonight of a guy who sounds like chat GPT. And I know he thought that was an insult to against Vivek Ramaswamy, but it was really a compliment to just how smart that man is. I mean, he... He reads something, and he remembers it, and he knows it. He sits down with experts for a couple of hours and gets briefed and walks away, and it's it's there. And and you you saw it on stage. He reacted to everything. There may be policy, and we can talk about any of this tonight if you want. No guests tonight, just you and me, 303-696-1971. And for callers, we're not going to do any callers till we come out of this first break because we're right up against it. I don't want to cut you short. But um, that's just how smart he is. That's just how fast he thinks and how fast he moves. And so he's, you know, when Nikki Haley said that, you know, you have no foreign um, international or foreign policy experience and it shows, perhaps, perhaps he doesn't have it. But that doesn't mean he's not reading and absorbing and grasping. And and listen, I'm not – I'm not promoting Vivek. I'm just expressing my observations, having been around him and seen him live a couple of times on stages and all of that. Very, very impressive. First time politician, first time candidate for president. But um, it it was fascinating. I'll, this will be my last comment and we'll take our first break so we can grab some calls. But 303-696-1971. But one thing that I was very, I don't know, maybe not very disappointed in, was all of the screaming and catcalling. I don't know if it impacted your ability to hear some of the answers on TV. I'm guessing probably not. But it made it impossible to hear some of the answers if you were sitting there right practically in the front row, like I was. And then it's just rude, you know? Um, There were, I don't know how many thousands of people, I think I heard... Now, I I don't recall the number, but it was a packed auditorium. They had two sections up high that they kept open for some reason. There was a boom swinging around and stuff, but intentionally kept open. The rest of the place was packed. It was the Milwaukee Bucks Arena, and I think it holds thirteen, fifteen thousand, 15,000, something like that. But you could certainly tell that the campaigns had brought in their their surrogates and their supporters and probably doled out tickets to donors and activists and volunteers alike. There were a lot of young people there. So I know, you know, it wasn't just big donors who were present. I'm not a donor to the RNC. I guess I'm on the committee. So, Um, but it wasn't donors or at least just donors. It was a lot of people that folks brought to support themselves and man, they would just boo the other side and scream at anything their client said or the client, their candidate said DeSantis certainly had the greatest level amount of supporters. Trump wasn't there. He he may have had the most supporters, but less vocal because Trump's name really didn't come up too much. A couple of dumb things that were said. But uh, I said last observation, and this will be the last observation. One real stirring moment of absolute cowardice, as far as I'm concerned, was when uh, I think it was the um, what were the mediators, Brett Baer and um, Martha McCallum. And it was Martha McCallum who said, uh, would will you pardon Donald Trump? Um, And Ron DeSantis like looked around. But the most obvious example of that was when one of the moderators asked if they if the candidates believed in man-caused earth harming climate change. And I saw I saw Ada or Aza's hand start to go up. I think Trump calls him Ada. Aza's hand start to go up. And but before anybody could really react, DeSantis to avoid the question never answered the question, jumped in and said, What are we? In high school? Let's debate the issue. And it was a great save. But didn't appear that anybody was really willing to say until Vivek Ramaswamy popped up, was willing to say no. So a lot of interesting moments. We'll give you some behind-the-scenes stuff if you'd like. want to talk very much about the Trump-Carlson, Tucker Carlson interview, which was started five minutes before the RNC debate. Looks like Fox got about 12 million viewers. I think that's pretty good for a cable channel, a lot less than Fox used to deliver. But Trump Carlson is up around 260 million views on Twitter now. And that doesn't mean everybody sat down and watched it start to finish, but I'll bet you a whole bunch of people did. I've got all kinds of audio from that interview that I'm going to want to share with you as we proceed. So I've been rambling on. Let's take our first break so we can grab some phone calls on the other side. I'm Randy Corcoran. It's 710 K US. Back at 530 it's Wake Up with Randy Corporan on 710 CANUS Good to have you here. 78 degrees in Aurora, 81 over there in hell, otherwise known as my birth city of Denver. And, oh, man, I had to hear that um, Mayor Mike Johnston recording on the DIA train again coming into the terminal. Oh, yeah, and then have some fun in the nightlife downtown Denver. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you very much. It's a, it's a goofy sounding recording and, and maybe I hear it differently because I know what the truth is down there. But, uh, we've got one line open, 303-696-1971. Philip and Harley want to talk about the debate. Squeeze a couple of texts in real quick and then we will go to the phones. Randy, clip of the night was when Vivek said to Christie, we could play that tape of you hugging Barack Obama. Do you remember? That was another great line of Christie's slamming at Vivek. When he said, you remind me of a young, thin, I think he said young, thin, young anyway, Barack Obama standing on stage, you know, very naive and all of that. And and Vivek came back. Yeah, we could play that tape of you hugging Barack Obama. I actually went and looked up that video to remind myself. And uh, they're practically walking hand in hand on a tarmac in one of the videos that I found. Just uh, really great. Uh, P.S. Oh, yeah, that was a huge mistake, letting the donors sit right up front, prayed while Donald Trump Jr. and the rest of the team were banned from the spin room. Fantastic job by Ronna again. I want to clear that up. Then we're going to jump to the phones. Um, That is not the way it works. Uh, Fox News runs the spin room. Ronna McDaniel, liker, lover, hater, whatever, uh, has no control over that. We put together the rules for the debate and I'll explain what happened with Larry Elder, uh, in case Mike Boyle is still listening. He asked about that during our crossover, and uh, and we'll do all that. But Fox News was in charge of that. I don't know now. I suppose a, an instruction or a request could have come from Rana, but you know, you misunderstand one thing about Rana. She's a big fan of President Trump, and she especially has to stay one hundred percent neutral. And I'm guessing this was a punishment of Fox News, because if your guy's not going to be here at the debate, we're not going to let you into the spin room then to talk about him or push back on what everybody else said. But um, uh, and the donors again, I was up front five, six rows back and I'm not a donor, so they're not. I don't think it's set up the way a lot of people think that it is. But we'll talk about all that. We've got a whole show to go. 303 696-1971 if you want to grab that open line. We're going to start with Philip and Aurora, who's been waiting the longest. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks uh for the thanks for taking my call. Yes. Sir. Uh, Randy, Asa Hutchinson said something that uh Charlie Kirk is floating the idea out that is willing to uh back the nominee and with the, with the suspicion that Trump will be a felon, and therefore he's willing to sign the pact that says, yeah, I'll vote for the nominee, because there's some rule that maybe the RNC would not allow a felon to be on the ticket?
1: There's no, so no RNC. The, the, the only rule for qualifications to be president is the United States Constitution, and being a felon would not ban the president. If he was convicted of insurrection, it would. But in spite of all the January 6th garbage, all the Jack Smith garbage, insurrection, insurrection about January 6th, there is no charge pending or anticipated against President Donald Trump for insurrection. So uh, Ace is just being slick. I heard Chris Christie also say, yeah, I'll sign it. But, uh, uh, you know, I may or may not do it. I actually pinned Rana down on that particular question. And I was told that if someone violates that rule, that they will take action. So, you know, we'll see, because uh, I still fully anticipate that Donald Trump will be the nominee.
2: Yeah. And do you have any thoughts about how the debate would go for Trump as far as picking maybe a vice president from that? that truth?
1: It seems unlikely to me. Vivek is awfully young. He brings no Washington type constituency, you know, like, uh, like the Freedom Caucus constituency, or the, the Jim Jordan and, um, oh, say, Thomas Massey or Rand Paul folks. Vivek doesn't, doesn't add anything to, to try and get um, you know get things done in DC. On the other hand, if he continues to go up in the polls and surpasses Ron DeSantis, that shows he is appealing to a wide, uh, you know, broad swath of young people, especially mostly young people. Were at the private event that I attended with Vivek. Uh, I was probably the oldest guy there, but uh, um, so I, I just you know you can't get into his head. But I, I've heard Carrie Lake and all kinds of other potential people in consideration for VP. I guess I'd have the same criticism of her as far as experience goes, because uh, we yeah. saw we saw what no experience can do to somebody when Trump went in there and naively started appointing people who immediately turned their backs on him or sabotaged what he was trying to do.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, thank.
1: I, I, I guess last thing I'd say, Philip, is if you know if somebody was polling at like thirty percent, thirty-five percent, you'd have to take that pretty seriously because um, a lot of those. People who are supporting a non-Trump nominee are going to be never Trumpers and uh, barely Trumpers, but we're a long ways away from all of that. Great questions, and you watched it, I assume.
2: I watched several replays. Yeah.
1: yeah. Did you see any it was of the? Fun.
2: I kind of like the, the booing and the yelling, and knowing that they were coming. We thought. I thought I was told that they were coming from donors, so I thought, well, you have to turn the booing and the cheering. But uh, Haley. Cuts off the back when it was his turn to talk. I didn't appreciate that from her.
1: Yeah, and Pence also like, tried to jump out in front of cutting people off and, and trying to grab the attention. Remember that right at the beginning of the debate. Yep. And they shut him down. I was really glad, and he just went downhill from there. I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But no, no yeah, it was forward to hear you talk about Larry. Okay, good. And it was not donors. The, definitely, I mean, there may have been donors hooting and hollering, but. You know, I I was quiet. I looked around a lot of the, you know, older folks, the more traditional, um, you know, participants who would sit and watch a debate, not try and participate in it, yelling and screaming. I think it was the young people. It sounded like young people yelling and screaming for Vivek and for Ron DeSantis. But it was hard to tell. There's a lot of folks in there. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Let's jump to Holly in Aurora. Holly, welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks. Um, Randy, uh, your monologue gave me some more things that I wanted to say. First of all... Hey, Holly, I just by-
1: just real quick, oh, you, sound, you sound like you're talking through two, you know, paper cups tied together with wax string or something. Are you on a... Oh, really? Are you on a headset or right up on top of your mouthpiece or something? I might be. Oh, that's
3: better. Is that better? Yes, much Is better. Is that better? Much better. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Um... So real quick, Joe Biden not making a mistake besides the things that you brought up. Uh Chad Robichar is uh a retired somebody in uh the military in the in the Marines, I think. And after everything happened and it all went so badly 2 years ago in Afghanistan, he and his 12 of his uh whole um military people brought back seventeen thousand people, both uh Afghanis that helped us the, all those years, as well as Americans, as well as what he called orphans that um have been adopted by people here in the United States. he brought 17,000 people back. Gorka had him on TV and one of the people they cared about was Aziz and he does a uh, he did a book called Saving Aziz. And um and he was on there also. Aziz was on with uh Chad Robichar. I can't remember what his um military office is. I forgot. Uh, um
1: Chad's or Aziz.
3: uh, Aziz didn't have a a military. Well, he was an interpreter. uh, One of the Afghans. Yeah, he he was was one of the interpreters. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's there's a mistake right there. There's proof that Biden could have brought our people and the people who were helping us over in Afghanistan. There's proof right there that he didn't do he didn't lift one finger towards our people or anybody else in that thing so yeah there's there's a failure or two there mister (laughs) yeah it's it's um, so disgusting oh i hope i hope nobody ever left me anywhere near biden because i would give him one hell of an earful (laughs) and he would never forget what i have to say so but anyway he's the worst thing that has ever happened to our country the worst thing we couldn't have had a worst thing Happen to our country no matter who gets the nomination in 24 it will be better now i want it to be trump but no matter who it is it will be a hundred percent better than anything biden's got but biden knows that so we need to start realizing he's going to do everything he has to do to stay in power yeah he is going to do it
1: when when you talk so. about anybody, you know, any Republican being better than Biden or any of the, you know, whatever yeah. Democrat replacement they get. Uh, it reminds me of Chris Christie saying he's not sure he would whether he would vote for Trump if he becomes the nominee. That tells you everything you need to Anyone know.
3: That's right. Yeah, you're right. And um, so there's there's plenty there. And I thought um, on the debate. Um, I did finally listen, and I was sort of pleased that there was um, virtually no, um, well, there just wasn't this overreaching power over everybody like it's been all the times in the past. So I was kind of pleased with the yelling and the screaming and the booing and the, uh you know, all of that. I was kind of pleased. I thought, that's all right, this sounds like a, a rumble or something, you know. This this just seems more like a, you know, Friday night rumble to me. So that was okay with me. I, w- I thought, well, that's all right. This is good. But um Pence absolutely was horrible. He was horrible, I thought. And I I don't know, um, Randy, I think he could be becoming very delusional because of the way I was listening to some of the tape that I had. And he goes back over, or I went back over that tape when he was saying, I will be the next USA president of the United States of America. It's almost as though he has made that into... Something that he's been dreaming of for eight years. I think that man is losing his mind.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I just hated that. I'll tell you what I felt, what I kept thinking when he'd make his little his little statements was, you know, the 80s is calling and they want their their platitudes back. Be- because uh-huh. exactly. the, the the kinds of and those were you know he used words and phrases Perfect. that i remember from reagan days and my yeah. early days as an activist that were mm-hmm. powerful to me I, I when mike used to use them i thought they were powerful but this is a whole different time we, we're on yeah. the brink of you know <laughs> the end of western civilization if america goes down and that's what they're trying to do and so it's no longer time to just kick back and say oh well we got to play you know with within the rules and we just want to try and uh win a little bit uh you know sway a few people our way that's na- that's nonsense too dangerous yeah. yeah
3: and and the way that he wanted everybody to vindicate him about what he did on january 6th i thought you stupid jerk yeah you're not worthy of Running this country and helping this country get back into, um, you know, getting this country running again. Holly, I was thinking of. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was think, yeah, I was thinking of um, JFK when he was talking like that. When JFK said, Ask not what you can do or what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And I thought that man needs to take that to heart because he couldn't care less what he could do for us he cares what we could do for him well Baloney. you know
1: his the the question about do you all think mike pence did the right thing you know upheld the constitution on january 6th was Mm -hmm. quite an excellent expose on a bunch of those candidates because they're Mm -hmm. all misrepresenting what he was asked to do all he was asked Mm -hmm. to do was delay the counting of the electoral college votes send them back to certain battleground states as those states were asking requesting and he Mm -hmm. it was perfect and in fact if it didn't have the right to do it, then why did Congress have to pass a new law after the fact to mm-hmm. make sure that he couldn't do it and that someone couldn't try and do that in the future? It's, That's uh, right. So it, it's. I was really glad to see all those hands go up because those there there are no votes for me, baby. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and uh, <laughs> okay. Texter so, before you go. Before you go, a texter wrote yeah. in that uh, Chad Rab, uh, Chad oh, is Robichau. is a. Um, Recon Marine, former yes, uh, former Force Recon Marine, Department of Defense contractor, eight deployments to Afghanistan as part of a Joint Special Operations Command Task Force. And, uh, yeah, I saw some of his uh, time with Sebastian. I've seen him, uh, heard him on radio and podcasts and things. He's uh, a real hero, and I'm really He's glad really that you great. remind that you reminded us on this two-year anniversary of the loss yeah. of the Kabul 13. And you know what? You'll yeah. like this, too. Yeah, I know you'd like to say yeah. a few things to Biden, but listen to this. Uh, that's, that's what greets Biden every time, or did greet Biden every time he walked out of his vacation home in uh, in um what was it Lake Tihon or whatever it was he is he was staying Aww. or Lake Tahoe, I think, but whatever it was mm-hmm. he uh, they've been they've been jeering him, and he he good. he stumbles out and he looks over with that dumb, vacant look on his face, and then he waves a nod at the people who are jeering him it's just an embarrassment, but yeah he's That's not popular, good. he certainly knows it if he knows anything at all, anyway, yeah. thank you so much, Holly, God bless
3: you bet. You too. See you
1: later. You bet. Bye-bye. We took Holly way long. We'll get to the other calls. Holly's line is now open at 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Debate. The Trump mugshot. The Trump-Tucker interview. I got a ton of great audio from that for you and great work by Blake Gallagher before the show. And uh, just so much more if you'll stay with us. And we want to take all of your calls tonight, 303-696-1971. We'll be right back on 710 KNUS. We're back at 552. The flatulent one, Eric Swalwell, was on an MSLSD recently.
2: This Congress started with threats of impeaching Secretary Mayorkas, and then it was FBI Director Christopher Wray, and then Merrick Garland, uh, and now Joe Biden. And and by the way, Eamon, one day he's sleepy Joe, the next day he's corrupt Joe. I know people who are sleepy, I know people who are corrupt, I don't know anyone who is both. These guys just know that they are reflexively anti-anything Biden's doing, whether it's for the economy, whether it's for global security over in Ukraine. And so it shows in the clownish way uh, that they're behaving.
1: Have you ever heard of a, heard a dumber comment? I don't know of both. Someone who's both and, sleepy and corrupt. <laughs> really? I mean, inept, corrupt, uh, way too touchy-feely with young children, can't make a decision, can't finish a sentence, on and on and on. It's a little scary. That that is the defense of Joe Biden from from Eric, who also ought to be in jail, slept with a Chinese spy, apparently. Smallwell. Swalwell. Smallwell. Well, whatever it is. Anyway, the phone lines are on fire. So we're going to save audio and get back to the phones. We'll start with Jay in Douglas County. Jay, welcome. Hello, Randy, how are you hanging in, man? Oh, it's good. i um i was just didn't
0: know if you know this i don't really do facebook for personal but for work and uh everybody's putting the uh bust of trump up on their facebook pages their own photograph of him uh the uh in well just call it the fake conviction of trump so if you look a lot of them have their home page for facebook and other things with uh, the photograph of trump uh being uh, rung in over there by those buffoons.
1: Yeah, no, I've been seeing that. I, uh, In fact, when it, it happened while we were you know, just coming out of the debate, and uh, I wound up pinning it to my timeline on Twitter and yeah. left it there for a couple days. Today what I have pinned is the name of the Kabul 13 that Joe Biden's ineptis- ineptitude allowed to be killed in Kabul two years ago today that's pinned now but um, yeah it's it's hilarious and Donald Trump's already marketing them. he's raising money with uh, mugshot cups and mugshot hats and mugshot t-shirts I'm going to buy one of each I think they're terrific
0: I do too and you know by the nature of them trying to indict uh, every person that worked anywhere around that situation it's just horrific and, and of course we all know what really went on in Atlanta.
1: Uh well, <laughs> the over the over the last over the last 2 weeks, Jay, I have played um, 8 cuts of democrats denying elections about uh, yeah. just about 7 minutes. Tonight I'm going to play cuts 9, 10, 11 and 12. Not a single one of those buffoons have been charged with anything, nor is there any talk about doing so. Well, and look at where we would
0: be. We would have had Al Gore as president had it not been challenged uh, during Bush and Gore. Uh, come on, and could you imagine to have Al Gore as president it almost be worse than Hillary?
1: <laughs> Lord. <laughs>
0: yeah. Would well, have I was going to ask you something else about this. Uh, you know, there's a couple of open suits that are still continuing on with this voting machines and i think we all know there's a couple of elections that just went awry in a couple of different countries over the same machines and i know we discussed this you know not too long ago on the air but what I think is important to me or for people to understand about the technology is the sheer lack of technology in these boxes. These are antiquated Windows 98 machines, they have SD cards, they do have modems, they are wireless and you have the ability to interfere with the wireless circuit. Of course, when you're in the room and even from outside the building, as you were talking about uh, Mike Lindell and running a drone in the building and checking things out which is a very viable thing. And if you recall, the last real paper ballot, at least myself, was when Obama's second election took place. We physically voted. Uh, I voted in Arapahoe County then. And um, you know, I think it was fairly legit. And I think people did re-vote him back in office. And I, I do think that that election was fair. I didn't like the outcome of it, but it was fair. And now we have this furious, unusual, and very nebulous device uh that is you know brought in from the hugo chavez campaign of all places and it's supposedly a a device that we're supposed to use to vote in our next election
1: jay the the music's in the background but the 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 details the the history the reality of the way machines can be used, have been used, I think is still in front of us, is still to be determined. And uh, uh, I will tell you that the Republican National Committee has now created a permanent uh, election integrity unit. They're pumping a bunch of money into it, over 100 lawsuits since 2022, about 90% of them election-related and, uh, talk about a little bit more about that on the other side. But, uh, Jay, thank you very much for the call. Joe and Rick, sit tight. Jay's line is open now. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Play some Trump for you as well